On the show today, I'm joined by star of the internationally acclaimed series Charmed, Brian Krause. He's here to discuss his upcoming appearance at Supernova, and also my reviews of the hit musical Aladdin and Hairspray, the big fat arena spectacular. All that and more on today's show, so stay tuned. Hello and welcome to today's episode of Benjamin Mayer McKay's Talk To Me. I'm your host, Benjamin, and joining me on the show today is Brian Kraus. I had the pleasure of talking to Brian a couple of days ago about his upcoming appearance at Supernova and why he loves conventions, as well as his take on the introduction of Netflix to the arts, and of course, his iconic role on the series Charmed. So here's my chat with Brian. Enjoy! Well, welcome to the show and thanks so much for joining me today. Well, of course. I appreciate you having me on it. Now, Brian, what inspired you to become an actor? Uh, boy. Um, you know, I, I think it's hard to say. I mean, my mom was always a big fan of television and movies and blah, blah, blah. And, uh, you know, I had tried a little bit in high school and the drama and stuff and you know, I think my mom kind of pushed me in that direction of, you know, taking the class. And, you know, she was the one that said, hey, if you're, if you're going to be interested in doing it, you know, maybe you need to go to the library and read a book, a couple books about your favorite actors and learn what it's about. And so she kind of pushed me in that direction. And, you know, uh, I read Robert Redford's autobiography and, you know, learned all about him and how he went about it. Started watching movies and uh, it was just something that was so much fun. Um, you know, I, I think initially I wanted to play professional baseball and soccer, you know, realizing I'm uh, just not that good. <laughs> so uh, acting was next. And what training did you undertake to get to where you are today? Uh, well, when I was younger, high school, I did, uh, you know, obviously drama in school. And then uh, I did like a commercial workshop and then like a, young actors performance class and then uh, I went to a place called The Actors Workshop um, which is based off of the one in New York and San Francisco um, and it's cold reading and stuff like that and I did that probably for about four or five years um, and then uh, the kind of the light bulb went off like, and I, I haven't been back since you know I, I've done a few plays and stuff to stay warm but um no, no real training since. Mm. So you mentioned you've done some plays. Do you prefer screen acting or stage acting? Well, there's nothing like stage acting. Uh, even if you're getting up to do uh, improv or something, I mean, it's it makes you nervous. Uh, you know, you only get one shot. Uh, uh, I do enjoy it, uh, but I, I think I really enjoy the process of, of filmmaking and and you know, trying to create something that's realistic and lay it down on, on screen. Mm. And you're probably best known for your work on Charmed. Why do you think that that show still resonates with audiences all these years later? Well, you know, I, I, going to the Comic-Cons and meeting people that love the show, um, you know, there seems to be a, a through line with a lot of the people. Um, and I, I think it really is the, the family of the three girls uh, who are different, uh, and, you know, they, they always come out ahead and it's the greater good. And, you know, I think it's the strength of Shannon and Holly and Alyssa and Rose, uh, 
you know, and being different. Uh, and it's it's fantasy. Uh, so it's, you know, it's not a heavy drama like so many cop shows or doctor shows. Uh, you know, I think it was, it's a nice way for people to kind of, you know, escape into a, uh, a fantasy world. Hmm. And obviously you played that role for a very long time. Did you ever find any difficulty distinguishing between yourself and your character? (laughs) Well, I'm so angelic, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I I think in everything I play, there's, there's, you know, a good part of me. I mean, it's... uh, I think in every actor kind of have, you have to bring yourself, um, you know, uh, kind of just being yourself just to be natural and real. Um, you know, I, you know, I, I think there was more other people that I knew that lived that life, you know, different pastors and ministers that I've met in my lifetime and people that are, you know, so, uh, not about themselves. Um, so there's, you know, a good part of me, and, and then really it's, I mean, I'm I'm no angel, that's for sure. <laughs> and what was the most challenging part of working on the show? Getting up every day at 5.30. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, I, I tended to have a lot of dialogue, like explaining, um, you know, the exposition of explaining stuff. Uh, so... You know, that made it tough sometimes when, you know, you're you're trying to explain something that you really have no idea. Uh, so, so, you know, there's quite a bit of dialogue that I had to learn sometimes. Mm. And when you're doing expositional dialogue like that, did you find it difficult to bring emotion or character to it to make it more engaging for audiences? <laughs> well, so, yeah, sometimes, I mean, you almost just, it's like throwing it away. Like, here's the information. This is what I got. Blah, 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 blah. So, you know, to make it interesting or have, you know, a, a huge emotional arc about it is, uh, uh, that's the trick. And, you know, try not to be boring, right? <laughs> Always. <laughs> and uh, what do you think are the key elements to make a TV series successful? Well, uh, like any project, I think number one is writing. Uh, you know, you have to have a great story. You'll never have anything on screen that's good without a, a great story. Uh, you know, and then I think after that, it's uh, chemistry between your actors uh, that are, you know, make it realistic. Um, you know, they have to engage one another uh, to make an audience want to watch them. Um, you know, and then it's on t- then it's the production team and your director that kind of put it all together. Uh, so I, I really think it's it always starts with the story and then, you know, casting people that can actually, you know, that are living in the same world at the same time. And uh, that's that's what I seem to think it, it is. And and a good director that can see it and put it all together and knows how to push the right buttons or, you know, get people to connect. Mm. And of all the shows that are on TV today, which one would you most like to be a part of? Man, uh, you know, you'd love to jump into the Marvel universe somewhere. Um, you know, the Agent Shield stuff like that looks fun. Uh, I I really enjoy uh, Law and Order. Um, yeah, that's one of my all time favorite shows. Uh, I just got done watching Narcos uh, in like a day. <laughs> like just, ah, 
Uh, I, I enjoy that. I, I, I'd like to play, you know, some sort of cop or action, you know, run around, chase the bad guys, uh, you know, something that, that I could be a little more physical and, you know, kind of like I am in my life. I, I still play a lot of sports and try and stay in shape. So uh, I think playing a cop or something like that would be a lot of fun. Mm. And obviously you referenced Netflix through Narcos there. With the introduction of streaming services like that, how do you think the entertainment industry has changed? Well, there's so much content. Um, I think a lot of the younger generation isn't watching uh, our main channels, Fox, NBC, CBS. I think that's you know older. I think so many people want it now. Uh, they want to stream it. Uh, and now with virtual reality and, you know, you're getting it on your phone, uh, you know, it's, it's changed all of it. Um, you know, and the beauty is that the stories can be more compelling. And that's, that was the beauty as cable took off and now Netflix and, you know, the, you don't have the regulations of, you know, you can have a little bit of bad language or some, you know, sexiness to it. Like, um, uh, you know, it, which is a little more like real life, um, so it's, I mean, things are opening up. I mean, what do we have? 600 cable channels and then Hulu and Netflix and Crackle and, you know, the, all the streaming that you could ever want with Amazon and on demand. Uh, you know, it's endless, uh, the possibilities of, you know, I, I don't know. It's, it's, there's different conjecture of what's going to happen to the movie industry, uh, eventually. Are, are people going to go out and watch movies as much as they'd like to stay at home and watch it or? You know, then what happens to television shows and where does the where does the money and the marketing come in when people can TiVo or just, you know, they, they don't want their commercials. They just want, you know, the rev, the, the service. And that, that's why I think Netflix is really uh, at the top of the game. It certainly is. But you do know, you the, think the there's a subscription based service that, that cuts out the commercial? Yeah. Do you think there's a danger, though, of there being too much content and good shows just going under the radar? I, there's quite a few. I mean, there's, I'm always talking to somebody like, oh, have you watched this? Have you watched that? Have you? I'm like, no, I know. Like, what, what's that on? Um, you know, that's the same thing with Narcos. Like, somebody just told me about it a couple weeks ago and, boom, started watching it. Um, I mean, how many shows are on Netflix and Netflix originals, uh, Hulu? I mean, it's, you know, unless you're on one of the major networks, uh, there's not a lot of commercials for it, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you are you are coming to Australia. You're going to be appearing at the Supernova Convention in Adelaide and Brisbane. So, what's one of the strangest yeah. fan encounters you've ever had? Oh man, I... well, um, hmm. <laughs> you know it's interesting. I mean, I always I don't look at myself as recognizable. You know, I I just go everywhere. Uh, so I. It's, it's, it's always interesting to me when people recognize me and, uh, you know, obviously in Los Angeles, nobody ever says anything, but you know, when you're, when you're out of LA or, you know, out of the country, uh, Paris, Australia, you know, I seem to get recognized and it's always interesting to me. Um, uh, I, we were in Paris, I was with my son and we walked into some coffee shop and I turned around, there's three people. I could see them kind of following me. I couldn't tell. Then we turn the corner, and now there's 15, 20. Next thing you know, I have like 50 people around me. <laughs> I mean, it's it's weird. <laughs> like I, it's it's uh, you know, and you get cornered. I I don't know. It's it's 
that's that's just different to me. It's strange. So it was never something you wanted when you started out in the industry then? No, you know, I, I got in, I want to act, and I want to act for the rest of my life. I want to work. Um, you know, fame or celebrity is, is not a part of it for me. I, I don't seek out uh, the attention. I'm, I'm pretty quiet on social media as it is, um, even though it's a big portion of what we need to do. I, I it's, it's a struggle for me to actually self-promote. Um, you know, I just want to work. Mm. And that's fair you know, enough. So many people today are—it's all about celebrity. Oh, my YouTube channel! I'm streaming live. I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> just can't keep up with it all. It's just too much. <laughs> so, finally, what advice would you offer to anyone looking to work in the performance industry? Well, uh, man, I—you know—you got to go for it with all your heart believe it um it's possible for anybody and it's you know you got to train you got to study and you got to believe in yourself it's all about confidence and uh never giving up and you know as soon as you start to make a backup plan that's going to be your plan so um you know i don't know i i some of the people i see that do the best either have nothing to lose or they have you know, a job on the side, they have money and, you know, it can be a hobby so they don't, uh, you know, being a starving actor is no fun for anybody. No. no. So confidence and train. Watch the people that you like uh, that are great and study them and see how they get it. Well, thank you very much for your wise words and your time today. It's been a true pleasure talking to you and I hope you enjoy Australia when you visit uh, next month. Oh, I appreciate it. I can't wait to get down there. That was my chat with Brian Krause, star of Charmed. Now, he is at Supernova uh, this November, Brisbane and Adelaide, so check out the Supernova website for all the details of his appearance. Now, when I was in Sydney a little while back, I had the opportunity to check out uh, Aladdin for review purposes, and it's it's been hugely hyped. Uh, it's very successful on Broadway. It's been there for a few years now, and uh, won, a, won a couple of Tonys, and then it was transferred to Australia at the Capitol Theatre in Sydney from August this year, and now it's got a Melbourne season planned as well. But I was rather surprised, because while it is certainly extravagant for any musical, it's got great sets, the lighting looks good, there are certain visual tricks which are a little bit overwhelming, the story itself and the way it's been brought to life as a musical is rather lacklustre. And it's very overacted as well. It, it borders on nearly pantomime-esque, and while there's nothing wrong with pantomime, it doesn't really do justice to the story of Aladdin, especially it's such a sort of a, a high-priced musical. Uh, what, I, what else I found very surprising is that the character of Princess Jasmine had no solos. She was barely on stage. She sung a little bit of A Whole New World with, with Aladdin. I think there was one other duet, but she was very underused, and she did have a great voice, but we sourced her from America. I really don't see why we needed an American actress. There are plenty of Australian uh, musical theatre performers who could have played that role just as well. Aladdin was okay. He was consistent, but he wasn't brilliant. The actor playing the genie, who has also been sourced from overseas, was fantastic, and he does bring a lot of life to the show. Um, but overall, I wouldn't recommend seeing this one. It's just uh, not the greatest of musicals, and especially at the price they charge. 
Then in Adelaide last week, I also got the opportunity to see Hairspray, the big fat arena spectacular. Now this isn't just any old production of Hairspray, it has a, an ensemble of uh, 640 young uh, performers. And it does beg the issue of, is there too many people on stage? And the answer is yes. The stage became crowded very quickly and you weren't ever sure where to look. It, it, it was just too busy. And also the use of digital screens at the back of the, at the entertainment centre, they weren't helpful. Uh, I believe interstate the screens were much larger and contributed more to the show, but I think it would have been easier for them just to remove uh, that from this production as, as the venue didn't allow for those uh, to be incorporated appropriately. Also, Poor direction just resulted in some very lackluster performances and uh, awkward staging, which would make uh, members of the audience strain to see different parts of the show. It wasn't very well laid out. Uh, the cast was a mixed bag. There were some good performers and some, uh, some rather weak. Unfortunately, on opening night, there were some technical difficulties, which meant some songs weren't heard. Uh, so overall, while it's a fantastic experience and opportunity for young performers, Hairspray does work better with just a, a small ensemble. Uh, but it is going to Perth, I believe, uh, in early next year, so look out for that there. Uh, more as a training opportunity for young performers than a fantastic show, though. Now, as always, there are movie reviews over on the movie reviews section of the website, PreachersPodcast.net, and Great Detectives of Old Time Radio Live, our current production on stage, is uh, heading to Mount Gambia this December. It's December 17, two shows only at the Well Street Theatre. Very limited tickets. Uh, so if you head over, there's a link in their bio here, greatdetectivestour.com. Grab yourself some tickets to that show, and we're also doing Melbourne in February next year, so go get some tickets to that as well. In the meantime, don't forget to check out all our supporters. We've got uh, Via Vision Entertainment, Palace Nova Cinemas, and Mad Zombie Collectibles. They're fabulous supporters of this show, so please go over and check out all their information on the website under the supporters section. I've been your host, Benjamin Mayer McKay, and this has been another episode of Benjamin Mayer McKay's Talk To Me. Join us again next month for two more exciting episodes as we approach the Big 50. I'll have my chat with the star of Faulty Towers Live and my review of that production, then my chat with Anthony Rapp, star of the original Rent and its subsequent film. Join us again next month. See you then. <laughs>